the Wet Track Handicapping Edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Once again, a reminder to our giveaway contest winner to the hizzy. Uh, clock is ticking. Uh, in the words of uh, the Watchmen Limited Series, Crazy Racist in Tulsa, TikTok. Um, also going to mention... New in the merch store, we've got Notorious OTB shirts, we've got Notorious OTB hoodies, we got Notorious OTB coffee mugs, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, my biggest announcement I saved for last, um, a man who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway, uh, probably one of my favorite people on the planet, Mr. David Burnett, writer Dave, all the way from Hi. Burbank. Hi, am I back for the Five Timers Club? Is that... Are we official? Is yeah. this? Yeah, it's it's a very uh, comfortable and flexible Lululemon kind of fabric. Ooh. Like that's what what we're doing now. We're trying to. I'm putting all my guests in yoga pants. I mean, we could all use butt lifts. <laughs> I feel sexier already. Yeah, man. How so? Are you pumped for Del Mar? It's it's what we just got to Los Alamitos see uh, the meet, I believe, and. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a time you typically check out and you're just waiting on Delmar or, or how yeah. you handle it. Yeah. It's a rest period for me. It's a lick my wounds and uh, remember what I did right and try not to remember what I did wrong. And yeah. Yeah. Wait for Delmar. If you, listen, the best, best way to handle those Alamitos is to just watch and put horses that won from the rail. That's right. The, the old Lars, the Losal rail shipper horses that won on the notoriously dead Losal rail, like just, Put them in your virtual stables for when they show back up at, at Delmar. See, that's that's a real, that's a pragmatic. I used my powers of mental capacity to come to that piece of advice. And that's kind of what me and Dave are going to talk about today. Listen, it's, but until we hit Delmar, until we hit Saratoga, it's, um, the racing is what people might call just straight ass, son. Um, you know, you have a couple good days, like 4th of July, you have a couple good races, but it, it really mellows down. And this felt like a good time to kind of handle these, these topics. So horse racing takes, I think like every ounce of you to try to be successful long-term. Like there's a lot that you have to put into it. And so let's talk about like the part between your ears that you need to be using. So we're going to be talking about kind of understanding your goal for playing and setting up your expectations for outcomes, understanding what environmental factors might make you successful. And last but not least, this is probably the big one. As you can tell, because I added it at the, at the end, uh, compartmentalization. Some people are capable of it. Some people aren't. Some people kind of are, but are bad at it. That's me. Um, Dave, what do you think of the inner workings of the human brain? <laughs> as the son of a neurologist i actually have some insight into that uh i so the, i've said it before in a show the thing that i love the most about horse racing is the puzzle aspect how every race is a puzzle and you have an unending amount of data at your fingertips you can watch every workout you can watch every past 
race, you can basically drown yourself in information. And <clears throat> part of the part of handicapping is figuring out which angles work for you, which products work for you, um, because the aggregated data can be absorbed in different different ways. Right? There's there's charts and graphs. There's numbers and everything in between. And so part of the practice is figuring out what you've done that works and angles that you like and how much time you really want to invest in it. Uh, and then how do you crack the puzzle? How many times do you envision the race? How many pace scenarios do you envision? And and how well do you know the jockeys? How well do you know the intentions of the tra trainers? It's There's so many different angles that you can bring to it. Uh, and I love that about it. I, I am sort of weird in that I spend days ahead of time handicapping. I know a lot of people spend five minutes on a race. I spend considerably more than that, but that's because I love it. I love just diving in and really, really trying to figure out the puzzle. And um, that's the way I play too. I play, I play opinions. I play very slim tickets uh, because I've done the homework and I figure I'm either right or I'm wrong. I've either cracked the puzzle or I'll go home with nothing to show for it. Um, but that's, that's the aspect that I enjoy is really, really doing the homework and then seeing if I was right or wrong without trying to spread too much money around. And so now try to imagine doing the puzzle. And while you're doing the puzzle, uh, say your ankle hurts, uh, your phone won't stop buzzing, uh, your kid wants to hang out, and your dog wants to go outside. It's going to take a – it takes a toll. It takes a toll on your play. Like you have to really kind of be in the right mental headspace to handle those things. So Dave and I are going to talk more about, you know, the headspace of handicapping, but I want to talk to you about the space near your legs. That's right. I'm talking about bird dogs. These make you look good. I swear they're like if Lieutenant Jim Dangle went into business and started his own short company that you could free ball in because they have a liner. These turn you into a fast, flexible law enforcement cheetah. They're the exact same thing as, as Lululemon, but they fit way better than a Lulu. Bird dogs fix the issue. Getting hot in the summer by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis. It stretches. It keeps you cool. Go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Listen, anything that is like acceptable protocol for me to free ball in. Like I've been free balling in Costco basketball shorts for it uh, feels like the majority of my life now at this point. And, uh, you know, having that liner hold you in snug. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. All right. I guess switching heads. Let's talk about the mental side of handicapping here. Uh, <laughs> how important do you think it is to set expectations for your outcomes? Like there are two very different polar sides of horse players. There's I'm in this for, and then there's, I'm feeding my family. I've been on both sides. I've played for a living for a while. I've also just played for fun for maybe for that little hit of dopamine. Uh, do you think that 
a person should try to set like a realistic expectation of what they're going to get out of the card by what they're going to put into the card. I do. And I think for the majority of the people that go to a track or play, it's almost universally majorly. The aspect is majorly entertainment and a minor aspect is the finances. I think most people understand that it's gambling, that you're betting on animals running around in an oval and basically anything can happen. <clears throat> and so if you walk away with something to show for it, hey, most people are pretty happy with that. If they make enough to cover, you know, beer and some food at the track and maybe, you know, a little extra, that's a good day. That's a good day at the track. Um, a, a few of us try to really make money off of this. Um, I found that when I concentrate on the financial part of it, I don't enjoy myself. It becomes more of a business and less of a hobby. And I don't like that. I don't, that's not what attracts me to the sport. Um, I have a job and I have a couple of jobs and I, you know, I, I work hard and I enjoy distracting myself from those. And so I want this to be fun. I want this to be more entertainment than business. So when I say you have to make a decision between where you fall in the two poles, what I'm telling you is this is a daily decision. This isn't a life decision. Like this can change. Like there are it's okay to be in it for fun for just one day. If you're adjusting your stakes to where you're not betting all of your bankroll just for fucking funsies, then yeah, you can have fun and fire a couple ridiculous bets. It's going to eat into your ROI at the end of the year. But if that's not your prerogative, that's that's fine. Um, if you do plan on being in it, in it, and the trick is that you have to treat it like a business. Now, something that I've seen people on Twitter who like to take swipes at folks who do, you know, what I do. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my dog and I can't see. And the th one of the things that they'll call other cappers out is for, for posts of them somewhere holding a beer or mentioning uh, altering, altering their perception with something psychoactive. Listen, not every day, if you're in it for business, not every day is a business day. You can have a vacation day. Enjoy yourself. It's all right. Don't drink and drive with your bankroll. Or just in general, really. That's good life advice to give. <laughs> but listen, there's nothing wrong for... Listen, I, I used to go, I did well in like the Oakland live handicapping tournaments. The first thing I would do when I got to the track, literally because I knew that I couldn't do well from an anxious place is I would have just a Woodford on the rocks, you know, one, two finger pour, maybe take the edge off. Good to go for the rest of the day. Then didn't touch the sauce for the, for the rest of the day. What do you think? What do you think about the sauce vis-a-vis -vis horseplay? I, I don't drink or anything when i'm when i'm playing uh but that's usually because i don't day drink all that much uh i don't know that it necessarily would affect my decision making because i don't get obliterated when i drink but uh i can i can definitely understand why it would be smarter to not drink and gamble uh mm. it's not a part of my process i do you know i often i'll drink when i'm handicapping i i'll tell you this um i don't necessarily uh, I actually never, I'm the opposite. I only day drink. I, I typically day drink and then fall asleep on a levee <laughs> and get extremely <laughs> sunburned. So this, this next part of the mental thing, I, I think is it kind of falls under like handicapping yourself. Like, do you understand yourself and what it 
takes to make you like personally productive? Like, is it music? Is it exercise? Is it, is it hermiting away from everyone's opinions that you form your own? Are you better at night? Like Dave, when he's getting soused in the evening, or are you better yeah. during the day? Like me, when I passed out in a sunwashed pair of Wranglers shirtless by the Arkansas river on a levee. Um, I don't know. In the most basic sense of these words, handicap yourself, do what you think makes you successful. And distraction is probably the most devastating thing to handicapping. So what makes you less distracted? Dave, what, what's your take on this? Well, you and I are both dads. We have little kids that as, as long as they're awake, they require most of our attention anytime we're around them and deserve it. And so uh, I had noticed for a long time when my kids were a little bit younger that I was handicapping. I was trying to handicap when they were around and it was distracting me from spending time with them. And so I just decided not to do that anymore because I felt bad that I was taking my attention away from my kids. Um, so when I handicap, I do it late at night and I do the same thing with my writing. Uh, I have 20 whatever years as a writer and I, I wait until everybody else is asleep and I stay up really late and there are no distractions at that point. It's that's, I think this is why wind, Wendy's manager, Dave didn't catch on and writer Dave <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just easier for me to reduce the number of distractions late, late at night. I've done everything I need to do that day. I can really focus on the things I want to focus on. If it's writing, that's great. If it's handicapping, great. But at that point, I can be alone. I can focus. I can concentrate. can have a drink and just dive into it. For me, I, I'll tell you one thing that I've really noticed is music, especially things that are more, like hip hop, things that are more like high BPM. Because I feel like there's that part of my brain that's constantly out searching for stimuli and it takes me away from what I'm doing. Just having someone bang a drum in my ear 150 times a minute, that, that usually ca caters to the old the old uh, stimuli searching part of the brain. Um, now, this last part, I've heard people say that when you wager that you need to have the the patience of a monk. I, I think it, it's it needs to you need to have the patience of Ted Bundy trying to pick out the right auburn haired or chestnut haired girl, quite honestly. What's going to put you in the most sociopathic, emotionless state possible to make your wagers? Because you need that, you know, especially when you're putting everything together. Like you can't fall in love with horses. You can't fall in love with trainers. You can't fall in love with jockeys. Like what's what's going to take your emotion out of this and make you look at it like an ice cold killer robot? Well, How do you feel about traveling across the Pacific Northwest in a hatchback? <laughs> which feels very ted bundy to do but please continue i think i think uh well you i'm lost in your ted bundy references uh with parimutuel betting the problem is the odds are changing continuously and so a horse you might have loved at four to one drops to two to one and then all of a sudden your whole bet structure changes because the value isn't there anymore and you find yourself betting against what you would have bet 10 minutes earlier when the tote board was completely different um so it's important to sort of have understandings of parameters of what you're comfortable with and what you think is value and what you're willing to lose and hoping to make. And I tend to bet pick fives and pick sixes. And so I'm sort of locked in. Um, and my restraint comes in not cover betting myself where like, I'll think two and three legs into it. And, oh, what if this horse wins? And maybe I should throw a daily double that'll cover in case that guy knocks out my, I found myself losing a ton of money trying to cover bet against my own opinions. And while that might make you a little money in the short term, it drains you in the long run. 
um, because you can't, you can only win one of those bets. You're either going to win because you were right the first time, or you're going to recoup a little bit trying to cover your best opinions. So for me, restraint comes in the form of placing my bets and then shoving my hands in my pockets and not betting anything else. You know who shoves their hands in their pockets and doesn't bet anything else? <laughs> it's underdogs who think that their story is. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college player baseball props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Well, I definitely cut out while we were recording that, so hopefully I don't have to record that that uh, spot for our wonderful, wonderful uh, sponsors at Underdog Fantasy um, again. All right. Let's move on to kind of my last part. And this is such a, a huge one. I, I think this also might just be handicapping slash general being a human advice. Compartmentalization. It's not a skill everyone has, myself included. Listen, they're, they're physical ailments. They're mental health struggles, just stress. I'll, I'll be, I want to be plain as day. I, I struggle with my mental health sometimes. I struggle with stress. I have terrible back pain. I think that you have to realize that no one exists in a vacuum of horse racing where the outside world, outside world just can't touch you. The non-horse racing things that impact you, you know, mentally and your ability to start and hold a train of thought will never go away. Are you, I mean, are you like me? Do you, are emotions on the sleeve? Are you, um, once again, uh, more of a Ted Bundy? Emotions on the sleeve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, we also belong to a really nice community of handicappers. We're on Discord, and there's a tons of friends that we've made, and uh, <clears throat> it's fun to see them win. It's it's hard to see them lose, and there's a there's a community aspect to it. It means more than just were you right or were you wrong. These are these are friends you're watching do well or not do well. You know, it's it's funny. Our our friend uh, Shu uh, Sheldon. I cannot pronounce. What is how do you pronounce Sheldon Shu's last name? A presk? Oh, what is it? Are you nodding or are you shaking your laptop? I can't tell, Dave. Do you know how to pronounce it? Mm-hmm. You don't know? Okay. Sheldon, if you're out there listening, uh, Sheldon, we love you. Uh, I remember it was a couple of years ago, like everyone was taking a beating and everyone was bitching and moaning about it. And like I was DMing with him and he's like, listen, I love you guys. But when you lose, you piss and moan way too much. Like it's, it's on to the next one. Like I think you have to develop that onto the next one and remember that literally as long as the sun is up you'll have another horse race within like 30 minutes somewhere on the planet um you know do you have you found a way that that you can be kind of present and mindful for the task at hand when it comes to horse racing and still kind of stay separated from everything else like is there anything that you do to put yourself in that zone to be able to try to compartmentalize even though we're both kind of hard in the sleeve guys in terms of winning and losing or in terms of just being in the moment? Um, you know, that really just turned into like a, a commercial for a very chic, like met meditation app there. And I really don't know the answer to that question of what I asked you. Uh, so let's just move on. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, I think to answer your question, I lick my wounds as much as anyone else. It's uh, this flattering last... that you called it that. <laughs> yeah. This last weekend uh, was Santa Anita's closing weekend. They do a mandatory pick six. I was alive twice to a horse that was going to pay 17000 and change if it won. So it was basically $35,000 if my horse won. And it didn't. And I don't consider that losing $35,000. I spent, what, 100 bucks on my ticket? And it was great. It was a fun day. I was the last one of our group that was alive. I had called some shots that actually ended up coming in, uh, some singles that everybody else told me I was crazy for singling. It, like, to me, that's the entertainment value is, is you're in a community, you're talking to your friends, you're cheering, you're watching, you know, every half an hour, you get that, that last two minutes of an NBA finals game, like that rush. It's wonderful. It's great. And I didn't lose $35,000 because I was wrong. I, I spent a hundred bucks for an amazing day with a bunch of friends having a lot of fun. So how do I compartmentalize it? Just like that. This is entertainment. This is money I can afford to lose. It's entertainment. It's, it's, this, is, this is what I consider a good time with my friends. Like, I'm going to take it a step further in terms of like, so if you're someone who playing is a business for you and you treat it like a business, there are days where you have all those external distractions, those ailments, you're stressed, whatever. They're bearing down on you. Your thoughts are occupied. Uh, every bit you should get paid sick. You know, you should get sick leave from your job. If you're sick, take the day off, take the day off. Don't just sit there and force things uh, because you feel like you have to be quote unquote working. Not, you know, if you're not handicapping that you're not making money at the moment. Like I think what you'll find is that you'll probably end up saving yourself a lot of bankroll as opposed to, you know, actually growing it whenever you're not betting from an emotional place. And because I think the more you can eliminate misplaced emotion from your wager records, the more you'll see the results because tilt can happen in horses too. It's not just a poker thing. If that breaker is flipped in your head, it can be the spiral of it's okay. Cause I'm going to fuck up the next race and I'm going to bet really hard. Cause I want to show everyone how bad I'm going to fuck this race up because it's going to be a big ticket. It's going to cover all my losses. I'm going to be up for the day. Like that's just a, a spiral of, making losses compound when you're chasing your losses like that. If your tilt breaker is flipped and the lights go dark, fix the fucking breaker, dude. Don't damage the house. Just flailing around in the pitch black, man. You can't fire the money gun in the pitch black. Like you go and get your lights back on that being taking some rest. If you're tired, breathe. If you're fucking distressed, if you're crazy like me, I'm looking for any suggestions. So, Here's one thing I literally do. Say I got a bad beat early in the card. I'll take a fucking nap if I'm playing it from home. I'll sleep through the next like three races, wake up for the next spot that I want. I don't sleep on my hands, but I will. I don't sit on my hands, but I will sleep on them. Uh, do you have anything that you feel, feel like kind of brings you back from that tilty place whenever, yeah. whenever you hit that, that spot? Yeah, I think we all know when it starts to get compulsive, when you start playing because you're chasing as opposed to playing because you're having fun. I think there's a little voice inside you that, you know, tells you when maybe it's time to step away. And usually most of us don't because we have we're having fun or it's compulsive or it's giving us the serotonin hit or whatever it is. Um, uh, Several times a year, I will have someone change my passwords. I'll just walk away. And, you know after a couple of days, it's a whole lot easier and you sort of forget about it. And it, you know, you take a break, you take a breather. And then when you feel like playing again, you come back and you, it's fun again. But I think 
it's healthy to take breaks. It's healthy to understand your limits. It's healthy to set boundaries. And it's healthy to communicate that to your friends and say, look, if it looks like I'm tilting, please call me out on it. Let me know. Let me know that I'm just throwing money around and I really should just walk away. Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's too bad that I have terrible friends because usually they just tell me that I must go further. They're usually, uh, what's the the response to like a message of, oh, I'm super tilted and I'm about to put this super tilted bet down is usually like, you won't, you won't, <laughs> you a lie, you ain't gonna. Nuh-uh. And then I, and then I do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of that. That's that's it. That's that's talking about the mental part. Um, I, I was telling Dave earlier how I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of UFOs and UAPs and human consciousness and vibrations and everything. And so, listen, this show could be two and a half hours, and Joe Rogan could step in to guest moderate, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's going to be it for us at the notorious otv dave like i don't know if many people know this but one of my favorite things uh with dave is just seriously chatting about life in general not necessarily horse racing so this is uh this is kind of a little bit of both man you know great to spend time a little b always great always great you gonna get down to delmar this year you think yeah absolutely 100 percent. looking forward how do you do do you are you gonna take the train this time? That seems uh, you know. I was thinking about it. It's I love driving. I I adore driving, and I like driving fast. And usually, you can find a route that gets you down there pretty quick. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do the train. Maybe you'll fly out to L.A. and we'll take the train together. That would be dope. That would be dope. I I still remember our uh, our ride through Southern California with the top down and your convertible through a a, uh, a pick of course in the middle of night. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did. I didn't take pictures. I should have tried just for that story of like, Oh, and here's this, here's, was it Pebble beach? It's not Pebble beach. No, it's, um, Tory Pines. Tory Pines. Yes. Yeah. Tory Pines. I believe you're right. Uh, Dave, you got you anything going on? You want to plug or just you being you, man, just me being your friend. It's the best thing. In the there world. we go. It's it's a good thing about uh, Dave as opposed to my uh, fake friends who have things to plug when they're here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love uh, all all the folks who come on and uh, have projects and support those projects. Uh, all right, that's that's gonna do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. We're done. Just fucking your head up. Remember, giveaway winner to the Hizzy. You have until 11:59 p.m. Friday night to claim your fallen Bob painting, you damn fool. Or it's going to another name from the drawing. We will draw again. So if you did not win, um, your hope is that to the hissy is in a, but Ted Bundy copycat sort of situation in a suitcase in a, in a national park in Utah. That's what you're probably hoping. And I don't blame you. It's a great piece of art. Uh, also don't forget. We have dope new shirts. I can tell you they look really good laying under an 18 karat gold plated Cuban link chain. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. We will catch you next time. <laughs>